Welcome to the Searching for Happiness podcast, where you can be open and vulnerable about your mental health and past, diving deep into everyday lives as we try to find the true meaning of happiness in ourselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Searching for Happiness podcast. I am your host, Joseph Grable, and today I have with me guest, actor, mental health advocate, and good friend, Mikkel Watkins. How are you doing today, man? Yo, 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 yo. What's up, man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad, man. Thank you so much for being here. I've, uh, I've been wanting you to be a guest since we did that Texas trip because, you know, this, this podcast has been in my mind for about a year now, wow. and I've just been scouting people left and right, you know, so uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy Saturdays. I know Saturdays are pretty busy, so it's pretty uh, it's pretty great that you're here. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. My so, pleasure, man. My pleasure. This thing is exciting. This really is exciting. Um, so first and foremost, dude, um, I want the world to know that like you're 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 obviously an actor. So, and you're a great actor, dude. Like I see, I mean, we've worked together, I think like a total of three or four times yeah, now. Quite a few times. Yeah, dude. And you're, you played like the perfect psychopath, which is, <laughs> it's funny, but like when you see, when you see, when I see you work in person, yeah, it's really crazy because I'm like, I'm like, man, I was like, that's some real scary shit, man. Like that's some real, like I'd be freaked out. Uh, wow. Like a, like the where, you remember when we shot, was it hell of a day in the warehouse? Yes. Hell of a day. Hell of a day in a warehouse. I was just like, you're giving me the creeps, bro. Like I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn how to do that properly. And like, I was like, man, so first and foremost, the whole, the whole like audience should know that you're a fantastic actor, dude. Like, thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. That, that really means a lot. You know, cause I'm very, very, uh, I critique myself very heavily. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so, yeah, that means a lot to hear that. Thank yeah, you. of course, man. I mean, it's just, I think you're naturally born to do it, man. Like, legitimately, like, you can, you know, you can tell, like, when there's actors that do it, like, because they're thinking it's, like, for riches and fame. Yeah. And then you can tell there's actors doing it for, like, the love yeah. of acting. And you definitely do it for the love of acting. And it shows in your work. Um even when we went and shot uh, Francis out in Texas, you were the you were the main character, man, and you played that so well. Um, I was like a supporting actor, obviously. I played Tobias. You did an amazing job. <laughs> Thank you so amazing. much. Thank you, man. I I really really appreciate that. Like legitimately, yeah. I uh, I actually kind of stared away from acting for a bit. Kind of, you know. Yeah, you too. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. We'll 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 touch on that in a minute. Um, me for me is like. Uh, I kind of steered away from acting because one, like I, one, it wasn't really making me happy anymore. Like we were, I think me and you both got to like, we're at like experienced enough to where I think we deserve to at least get like enough recognition or at least pay or some more important roles. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know about you, but for me, the only roles I was getting offered were like itty bitty supporting roles like ever and like I would audition for like um a bunch of roles with my friends and stuff and like I'd only get little roles which you know I'm totally grateful for yeah. without a doubt but I had to sit back and be like is this like really actually like how I want to spend my time like spending 12 hours on the set and really just working for like one 
you know, like, yeah. So it, yeah. I had to take a step back in reality and kind of focus on more things. And since then I've, you know, learned a lot about real estate. I've learned a lot about, uh, you know, the NFTs and the, yeah. all sorts of stuff, man. It's, it's, uh, I think when you, t when you take a step back, Oh yeah. You really realize how many more things in the world there are that you can do too. And it's not that I'm going to quit acting forever. Mm -hmm. It's that I think it's the right time to take a break mm -hmm. because one, I can't do anything because of school. Like they make it impossible for us to go and do things. You know what I mean? And so it, that's, that's one of my biggest factors. I don't know what, what made you want to step back from acting. I know that, I mean, you're a great actor. So when you just said that, I was like, Oh really? Like, Oh my gosh. Like really? So like what made you want to step back? I love acting. I love the craft of it. And it is a form of escape for me. And you know how I do all the crazy roles because that's, I say, I'm uh, letting my shadow side live in this world. Oh, yeah. No, I feel that, man. I mean, that's why I like playing crazy people. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, I have a darkness to me that needs to come out. Yeah, because, I mean, you're you're a really nice guy. Like, you genuinely are. And I think majority of actors uh, are at nice people. And I think what makes the nicer the people are the better they play those type of roles in my, in my opinion, like in my opinion, like if you look at, um, I know uh, like Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, these recent years, he hasn't been that nice, yeah. but like, you know, in the past he would play some crazy ass dude, but he would be one of the nicest celebrities you ever meet. Same thing with Keanu Reeves. He's played some, he's played some whack ass roles, man. Yeah. And he's the nicest guy in Hollywood. Thin. He's like, he's in it. He's just... and, um, you know, so why I took a step back from acting, I don't know, I just feel like we're all multidimensional people. So, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to limit myself. I'm going to explore my creativity, you know, and okay, you know, acting is always going to be there. 100%. You know, let me expand, let me explore. And in doing that, you know, I come back with so many experiences, you know, so. I agree. I only help my acting. I couldn't agree more. And you, you know, uh, I've been, you know, uh, the audience might not know. Obviously, if you know me in person, you'll know that I've been going to the Los Angeles Film School for I'm actually almost done. I got about like nine months left, probably like, you know, like your brother and Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'm I, when you just told me, like right before this interview started that you start going to school, I forgot that you were talking about that in Texas. Yeah. So how has like the transition been from kind of you know you used to be in the navy how is that transition going from being overseas coming all the way back here and having a whole nother world open to you like filmmaking because the los angeles film school it isn't particularly for acting it's for the behind the scenes the grit work you know the hard hard work yeah. you know so yeah. how like what is your perspective on that like i'm really intrigued to see like what how you view los angeles and acting slash filmmaking culture with having that experience you've had in the past you know um so you did say i was in the navy yeah the navy was a shit show <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah it was it was a shit show but i am grateful that i went you know because it was a period of me for growing and you know getting away from home getting away from outside noise and really honing in on what I want to do, you know, and becoming that and 
growing because I was only 18 years old at that time. So, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I've always, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know me, I've had I have a heart condition. So, you know, I'm automatically ruled out yeah. of the military, you know, um, so I can't imagine, you know, so kudos to you. Respect. Thank you for the service you have done. Um, you know, it's not easy. I can't I, I can't even imagine the bullshit that goes on in the military, man. Yeah. Yeah. I and I know you got some uh some pretty hefty stories, man, about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh like just kudos to you, man. Like I, I'm sure it's like a whole new world and it's a whole new like lifestyle and like do you think going through all that was really worth it to get here? Oh yeah. Definitely worth it because now, you know, I get to go to school and it's paid for. And I don't really have to you know stress about that mm -hmm. so it's less stress for me and also being out of the military is i feel free like you know because i feel freer to express myself authentically the way i want to you know and not being like okay it's these rigid rules that you have to adhere to and do this and do that okay this is the way we've been doing it for 500 years Okay, yeah, that's fucking stupid. You, know, you don't think people grow, evolve, and there's a different way, you know. So I had a lot of hiccups in the military with that. Yeah, because with authority, with authority, that make that makes sense, you know. And you're a you're a very outgoing person, as as I am. With that being said, like there is, you guys get, you know, you're so respected. I I respect you on a whole nother level. Knowing before, like before. You know, we met before I even knew you were in the military. Yeah. So, like, we met on, uh, was it Money Bag? Was it Money Bag? I was chained up, and my face was, like, sawed halfway Oh, off. yes, yes, yes. It, it was, was Money, money bag, bag, right? Yes. So, yes. we met on that one, and I had no idea you were in the military. And I don't think until the second or third short we did, I learned that you're in the military. And it just, like, I already respected you, like, immensely because of your talent as an actor. And then once I learned that you had served and like, I was like, wow, I was like, you're such like <laughs> the furthest thing from like, yeah, like, exactly. It's like the furthest thing I would have never guessed. I would have never in my life guessed that you spent four years in the military. It, it like blew my mind, dude. Like, and it brought so much more respect. Like, I just like could not believe it, man. I was like, whoa, like <laughs> you're so just open and you're honest and you're yourself. And it's like, I, I find your story so intriguing. That's why I wanted you on in the first place. I wanted to actually really get to know you. Yeah. Like, I know we know each other, but not like on a deeper level. Yeah. And of course, you oh. know, searching for happiness is all about, you know, finding your higher power in yourself and just looking to ways to make yourself happy. So I, again, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. I appreciate you coming on and making the time for this. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've come a very long way, you know, because I've come from a very religious family. Okay, okay. So, and I've always been not that, you know, and just explore, even as a kid, like, my mind has always just been open to everything, like, other, you know. So, I mean, I was, what, seven years old saying I want to be a blacksmith. <laughs> I wanted to make swords. And then from that, it was like, I'm going to move to China. And I'm going to be a Shaolin monk. Then it's like, oh, no, I have to cut my hair. So now I'm going to be a Wudong monk. You know, I'm going to go to and be a Taoist monk in Wudong Mountain and just live an aesthetic life. 
I love that. I love that. I was, I, I agree as a child, I was very open-minded. Um, you know, fortunately enough, I actually knew I wanted to do, you know, film and stuff at a pretty early age, but that's just because of my hospital background. And like, you know, like when you're in a hospital all the time, what do you do? You watch movies and you play video games. Like that's all you can do. So, you know, so with that being said, how did you develop a love for acting in film? Like, um, what made you want to leave that lifestyle in Georgia and the military and come all the way over here? Like, what made you want to make that leap? You know, I, I think it's just something inside of me just knew that a life in Georgia, an uninspired, un, you know, a life of, of no creativity is just not for me. So something on the inside of me just guided me to the military to get out. You know, even when I was in the military, I didn't know I wanted to be an actor. You know, I was like, oh, God, let me be an FBI special agent or, you know, so many different things. An attorney, towards the end of my military career, I was just thinking about, I was like, wow, I change careers so much. I don't think I actually want to be any of these careers, but the nine to five just did not appeal to me. And actually, the first thing I ever wanted to be was an artist. So. I just didn't know to what extent that or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, I used to do church plays and stuff. And I used to go hard. Yeah, then um, I moved to San Diego. And I was actually in school, like, city college for fashion merchandising. Oh, okay. And I didn't I know that. I took an act. Chris like, okay, I'm doing this acting class. Take this acting class. So I took the acting class. And um, the teacher's like, wow, have you acted before? I was like, no. And it was really fun. So then I was like, you know what? Now I want to go to acting school. I actually really yeah. like this. That's oh, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So like I I kind of have like that's ironic. I have a very kind of similar thing. I I've always wanted to be an actor. And I think you can relate to this because Georgia is a lot like Oregon and um people make you think that art is not a career. Yeah. Like my whole life yeah. people are like you can't make mo right. mo money from movies. You can't make money from videos. You can't make money right. from photos. And it's like so ironic because those are the highest paid jobs in the world. Exactly. But you go back home and people still don't realize that. And they're like, oh, you need a real job. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you need a real job, bro. I'm exactly. making like, you know, I don't actually make this amount. But like, I know people that make like $200,000 a year making YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, and they upload like one a week. Yeah. And that's all they have to do. That's all they got to do. And it's like, work smarter, not harder. Exactly. And I hate, I'm with you. I hate the idea of a nine to five. I went from... I started working when I was 15 at Taco Bell and I worked there till I was 17 and that, it was all right. It was all right. I had really cool coworkers. So that made, I think it made it a huge difference that I had really cool coworkers. <laughs> but after that, I was just like, Oh man, like I, I don't want to like do this forever. Like I don't want to work yeah. a job like this forever. And so that kind of sparked me to, you know, move away from my hometown in the first place. And then I started working for Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was like in Eugene, Oregon, while going to school to, you know, make some dough. Yeah. And then as I was working there, I was like realizing like all these things about real estate. I was starting to learn these things about real estate and like stocks and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, wow, I was like, I really don't got to work a job like this. And so that kind of is what ignited me to want to just say like, fuck it. And like I sold all my shit and moved here to L.A., and so, like, I kind of I kind of feel you. Like, I really did not want to do that nine to five. 
And since being here, since being in LA for about two and a half years now, this is like the best decision I ever made in my life because I'm making money ways that like, it's honestly just dumb. Like that you can make money off these oh, ways. Like it's not dumb. It's just like, I mean like not yeah. dumb, but I mean, it's just like, it's like, it's just ironic. Yeah. How like much money you can make off of just the simplest things, just the simplest things. And like, all you have to do is spend like 40 hours of research it sounds horrendous, but it's like you go and work at your job that you hate for 40 hours. You know, like what? what's the point of that? Like you're wasting time. Exactly. Like you don't even want to be there. You're doing something you don't want to do. So why live a life like that? Exactly. You know, like, no, I, I couldn't do it. I could not live a life like that. I couldn't do it. And And to anyone out there listening, it's like you like have way more power than you think you do. Like, Oh yeah. You can quit that job. They will replace you instantly. Like they don't actually care about you. Like I promise you, they don't like you're completely replaceable in your job. So you might as well just go for it, whatever you want, you know? And you know, there's of course circumstances in life. You know, I had, I, I got lucky with, you know, some money early on and you know, you have the GI bill. So we have like certain situations that I guess help us like achieve these things. But with that being said, it's like, we both still struggle in our own ways. And so, you know, no matter what, no matter if you have help or not, you're always going to struggle. You're always going to struggle in a sense of like, like you might as well just go do it because would you rather struggle with something that you love to do? Or would you rather go struggle with something that you hate to do? You know what I mean? So like, I, I asked myself that question a lot before I left here to LA, it was like, do I really want to do this? Like, and then ironically, um, I saw this video. Um, I think I said this in my last podcast too, podcast episode too. It was a video of Jim Carrey and he was at, uh, it was like Dartmouth or some, some university giving like a commencement speech. And he said that my father was many things was one. My, my father taught me many things. One of which is that you can fail at something that you don't like. So you might as well go and do something you like because you're going to fail anyways. Yeah, and, and like it blew my mind. I was like, okay, like, I, you know, the worst come shove, like the worst thing that could happen is I have to move back. Mm. Worst thing could happen. I have to move back and like, I have to walk the path of pity, I guess people call it. I don't know. Like you're just rebuilding. Yeah. You just exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go. It's like when you get there and if you have to go back, just rebuild your life again. I've rebuilt my, I'm sure you relate. I've rebuilt my life like three different times in the like past five years. Yeah. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like no, every time you rebuild, the foundation is way stronger. So I, I totally agree. It's every struggle you go through makes you stronger. Like Kelly Clarkson's song, like stronger, like dude, like she knows what she's talking about, man. Like that shit is legit. Like what doesn't kill you just makes you stronger. Exactly. It, it really does. And, and you, you, know, you realize how strong you are. Like, wow, I went through that and it still came out on the other side. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, dude. And and it's like, like, uh, you know, even like people with addiction, it's like, if you can get clean, like, oh my gosh, like you so much respect for you on so many levels because like drugs are so intoxicating in this world. And, you know, L.A. Yes. is the devil's playground, man. It's like drugs everywhere, you know, like, you know, bad shit's always happening. And so you can always get out of a situation 
And if you can get out of that situation, not only will you respect yourself more, but you realize, like you said, you're way stronger than you ever thought you would be. Yeah. Like every time I have come, like uh, I think my most recent like failure was actually when I first started this podcast and I didn't particularly do all the research I probably should have on my like my little recording machine here. And so like my first three episodes, uh, I recorded, didn't listen to them afterwards whatsoever. And then I popped them into the computer and then like my audio was just like fluctuating left and right, left and right. Like the audio just sounded so terrible because I didn't have the right settings, you know? And so that like that hurt my soul, but you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. You live and you learn. learn. Like how I look at failures, I'm like, they're lessons because before I, you know, did it, I didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So therefore I'm learning. Exactly. It's lessons. Exactly. And you can learn anything Mm -hmm. now, anything, dude. I have like literally we live in the golden age of information. We really do. Yeah. The amount of information I've learned in the past three months is more than I probably did in the last two years because I realized that we're in the golden age. We're in the age of Aquarius. Yes. It's all about (laughs) technology, all that shit. Exactly. And, you know, with that being said, it's like if you spend like three months, even two months, just like watching YouTube videos, reading books on something that you want, to work towards you're going to yeah. become so valuable um, you know and that's i was reading this book uh, i think it's uh, by greg mccallan it's called essentialism and it just talks about doing things that are essential you know why focus on things that don't matter you know focus on the things that really matter to you and you see yourself doing with you know living having more life with less it is. I, I no, I, I totally agree. I, I totally know what you're saying. Uh life is it's a marathon and you will always, always have up and downs. But I think it's like a lot of people also get caught up in the social media lifestyle too. And I think that's what keeps people so sad. Like to me, like that's why I was so sad for so long is I saw people, you know, I was making friends here in LA. Um, I was, uh, I was having friends back home and at the time when I was living in LA, uh, I wasn't doing anything really. And, you know, that crippled me mm. in a way, like made me feel like as though I'm not good enough and this and that. And, you know, I think the important thing is to realize is everyone has their own journey. Everybody has it. Yeah. No one, no one has the same journey. No. Like it's not, not a, a one person. size fits all that like we were made to believe. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's different. Everybody has in individuality. That's your superpower. Nobody is you. Exactly. You know, can't any nobody can do anything the way you do it, and that's your superpower. We all don't have to be the same thing, the same way, the same carbon cut cookie cutter bullshit life yeah. that we don't want to live. Yeah. But we're taught to live. I totally agree. And, you know, like for me, like I grew up in a very small town. So, you know, they're very centralized on the idea of the nine to five. You go home, you work, you have kids, you pay a mortgage, this and that. Boring fucking life. That's just boring as fuck. So it's very boring. And, you know, 
Definitely. In my opinion, it's very boring. And I, I couldn't do it. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. I have tried doing it. It drives me absolutely crazy, man. And I think the important thing is, is like, the, the unfortunate thing is actually, is that majority of those people don't even want to do that either. Nope. No, like They're, no one wants to work. Like I don't know a single person yeah. that wants to work a nine to five unless they went to college for it. Those are the only people that I know that truly enjoy their nine to five jobs. And people that usually go to college for it, they end up turning into beyond nine to five jobs. They turn into 24 seven jobs because those people usually eventually become businessmen or yeah. they open their own practice. If they're a doctor, or, yeah. you know, they open their own firm if they're a lawyer, you know, and of course there are circumstances, you know, if you get pregnant, you have a kid, life is hard, but it's also, you should still always take a risk, at least one risk, yeah. you know, to better yourself. I have, I have a good friend. Um, her name's Hannah. And she, you know, she's recently had a kid. She, I think her daughter's about a year old now, but she still goes to school. Mm-hmm. And I find that so admirable. Like I find that so powerful because you have this lifestyle that has crippled you, right? You have a kid. So, you know, that's a huge crippling, like that's a huge crutch. Like, but she's like, okay, uh, I know I don't want my daughter to grow up with a shit life. So I'm going to, stay up all night with her and learn school and do school while, you know, loving her and doing this and trying my hardest. And, you know, things like that are just so, you know, I respect it on so many levels. And so, you know, she showed, she's a, she showed me also that like, you know, no matter your circumstance, if you really want something, you're going to go get it. Oh yeah. You can get it. You can get it. Like no matter what, don't like excuses. There will always be excuses. Always. Mm -hmm. There will always be excuses, but I think you owe it to yourself as a human being to take a step back and be more self-aware of yourself. Be like, do I really, am I making this excuse because I'm scared or am I making this excuse because uh, I don't actually want to do it? And majority of the time is they're just making the excuse because they're scared. Do you believe in heaven or hell? I, yes and no. I have a very tricky relationship with religion. Um, I lost my brother at a very young age. Um, I saw, you know, a few, uh, I've, I know quite a few people from suicide and, you know, um, you know, my own heart, I've had like 10 plus heart, heart surgeries. And so it's very hard for me to believe that there's like a thing out there. You know, like how I I think heaven and hell is a mindset. We are our own heavens. We are our own hells. I like that. You know, we really create our life. We are in control, but we don't think we're in control. You know, we make life harder by doing things we don't want to do, things that are not essential to our being. And we feel that, like, you innately know things that feel good to you and that don't. You can, you can get a, maybe your stomach starts hurting or something, like, okay, that's, I need to stay away from that, you know, or hmm, I get a good feeling from this. Because we know, like, we have intuition. We all have it. You know, we just don't listen to it. I agree. Some of us. That's what happens when you, you know, you're not in connection with yourself because people are like, okay, well, there, you know, there is a higher power out there, but you know, we are in connection with the universe. So therefore we are the universe. We are in connection with God. So therefore we are God. Like, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I totally, I, That's you know, I like that. I like that mindset. I really, yeah. you know, it's a freeing mindset. Like, yeah, 
I, I totally agree. It is a freeing mindset. I'm not going to hell because I did this. I'm not going to hell because I dick back here somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's stupid. Because coming from a religious family like that, like I have, and being growing up in Christianity, organized religion, where it's so strict, so many rules you have to follow. It's like, are you living life or are you not living life? Who said that you had to do this? Because all this is based on someone else's experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you going to experience life for yourself and create your own life? Or are you going to do or be blindly obedient and I, I agree. do I, what everyone else has been doing for thousands of years yeah i i you know i cannot agree more to that um you know that actually just you know that's why i love doing this podcast man mm-hmm. it just brings like you know like what you just said like i have never thought of that in my entire life it brings a whole new perspective, perspective you know and like i do i you know uh through the past few years mm-hmm. i have come to believe there is officially a higher power in my head mm-hmm. you know um but you know as a kid growing up i was like no that shit no, does not exist yeah. Because because of my experiences. So, you know, I appreciate that you just brought that to the table. And, you know, it, you know, of course, I do already believe there's a higher power out there um, uh, that brought a whole new mindset to me. And, you know, I really appreciate that. I think I think it's a, a very good you know, perspective on the world. Um, I, and I do hate that a lot of people live their life like that. According to this, according to the Bible or according like- to their certain religion or. Don't you know, I'm like, um, somebody wrote the Bible. Don't you know you can write your own life? Like, yeah, seriously, somebody wrote it. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. I totally agree. And uh, I think I, I've never agreed with the whole, you know, like heaven or hell. Like, oh, if you do, yeah. like you're saying, like you do yeah. this, do that. I was like one time I was walking. And, uh, this is in Oregon. So yeah. it wasn't in L.A. Obviously, L.A. is way more open. Yeah. Um, but I was like genuinely just like walking down the street, smoking some weed and some like late old ladies just like, you know, you're going to go to hell for that. I'm like, it's, I'm like, if anything, it's going to take me to heaven. Yeah. Like it's like, the whole fear based way of thinking, because I think the most fearful people are people like Christians. Like if, oh, if I do this, I'm going to go to hell. So I can't do that. I can't live my life. Mm-hmm. I can't explore. I can't be free to be, you know. Mm-hmm. because this thousand year old book says that I have to live life like this, that they wrote thousands of years ago. And we're thousands of years ahead of that. Yeah. We evolved. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it really keeps, I think it keeps people in bondage and not open. I I know that's a big statement, but you know, there's nothing wrong being religious based. There's nothing wrong being a Christian whatsoever. You know, that's you, but it's, 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 it's your, your life. Yeah. yeah. It's your life. It's your thing. But, you know, people do get pretty intense about it. And yeah. I think if you get intense about it, you're missing the point of yeah. it. And it's like, it's not a whole, this whole thing of, I have to go out and get these people to believe what I believe because it's the only right way. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people, they're so intense about it, they don't realize, too, that they're being incredibly rude sometimes. Yes. I know really mean people that go to church. And it doesn't come I, from a place of love. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> like they're like, "Oh, you're oh, you're like this. You're going to go to hell for that." Like I'm like, "Trust me. Like living a life cuz I mean, I'm a black gay man, so Yeah, of course. You know, like li- that's that, all that itself ready. is already, you know, so there was a whole battle with me for that, like mm-hmm. fighting against myself the whole time. That's why I don't like Georgia because it reminds me of sadness. And when I was my most just 
unhappy self. Mm-hmm. You know, I I uh, I relate. Um, every time I go to Oregon, dude, I get back in the uh, same feelings as I did when I was like a teenager and shit. And you know, I I don't feel good there. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I you know, it's it's hard to feel good. It's hard to want to be somewhere where you don't feel good. Just accept it too. Like you don't yeah. feel accepted. You know, you obviously have it way harder for me on the, like, you know, people accepting you in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, because you are a gay black man, you know, and, you know, and I can't imagine how hard that was in the military, too. Oh, my God. That like was in the, probably I wasn't horrendous. Even, I wasn't even out in the military. I didn't come out until I was 25. Okay. And I'm about to be 28 or okay. so. Not that long ago. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I started, you know, like, okay, I know I don't want to be with women. Like, yeah, while I was in the military, you know, I didn't directly come out then it just got to a point where I was like you know what? i'm gonna live my life for me i'm gonna i'm not gonna stop trying to be like something is wrong with me because people are saying that you know i'm like yeah god loves me why why wouldn't god love me you know i said i'm just i'm a great person so why would i be going to hell and then i just came to i was like i'm fighting against myself that's a losing battle yeah the biggest thing i've learned just this month mm-hmm. and uh it's shifted my mindset is that my biggest enemy is me. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. you. It, it's not. It's not no. God. It's not. It's not that dude down the street. No. It's not my boss. My biggest enemy is me. Exactly. I am control of everything I do. Mm-hmm. If I want to sit around and be sad all day, that's, that's my that's fault. That's a choice. That's the choice. That's my fault. You know, if I want to sit around, like for me, like you know, like I was telling you, I've it's been about two weeks of being clean mm-hmm. from smoking weed, which is. You know, a lot amazing. Of, Let's congratulate him on they, that because yeah, that's, that's, that's I haven't I've been smoking weed since I was about 14 or 15, mm-hmm. you know, not like full, like progressively. I think about 16. I started smoking it progressively. This is the longest I've ever been without smoking it. And it's cleared my head a lot too. You got clarity. Yeah, we have tons of clarity and tons. It just it makes you realize so many different things. It makes you realize that the whole time. I, I like last year I made so many excuses. You were around me actually when I was making these excuses. Yeah. Like I'm quitting smoking weed. I want to quit smoking weed. Two days later, <sighs> oh damn man, shit. Like, and it's because I was like, the problem's not me. I swear, the problem's not me. It's it's yeah, just the you, world. It's just the yeah. world. And and then like, I don't know what happened. Like two weeks ago, I was just laying in bed. I had smoked weed, and I was just like. I never even feel high anymore. You had an aha moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, an, like an epiphany. Yeah, yeah. You had one. Yeah, and I was just, like, sitting there. I was, like, smoking. I was, like, this is, like, my third joint in, like, 20 minutes, and I barely feel it. You know who told you that? You. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just, like, I was just smoking it. I was, like, yo. I was, like, this just isn't working anymore. It's just, why am I doing this? Like, I used to smoke weed because of my mental health problems, you know, I had an uncle that passed away and it destroyed me because I was super close to him. Uh, my brother passing away. I had a brother and then I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that was very traumatizing as a 10, 11 year old. And then you're relearning how to exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're relearning how to, you know, live. And, you know, me, I've, I've always tried to steer away from pills because my whole life I've been on nothing but pills. Yeah. So I didn't want to take antidepressants. I didn't want to take anti-anxiety medicine because I knew I had a friend at the time. Uh, I'm not gonna put his name out because no, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't even smoke anymore. So, um, but he showed me weed, and uh, you know, it changed my life. It really did. It it made me sane. Mm. 
I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a pretty crazy dude. Like, I'm, like, mentally, like, I, I feel like I'm a crazy dude. And we crazy, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we play such good characters yeah. sometimes, man. Seriously. Like, it's because it's from our experiences, man. Act, like, a thing about acting, too, is, like, all those are brought from experiences. A lot of actors go through hell, you know, and so it's brought from experience. But going back to the whole weed smoking thing is it really taught me that, like, I'm just my own enemy at this point and all i did was blame yeah. others right. for years so he was like do i want to be my own enemy or do i want to be my savior yeah i also thought it was like would i rather be at war with the world or at war with myself mm. and i'd rather be at war with the world than myself mm. i'd rather the world not like me than me not like me yeah because i mean fuck them like yeah exactly what they think about who you are they don't even know you like yeah or you're not even in control of them so it's like yeah the bit the the most relieving you thing you can do is stop worrying about other pe people people's opinions you, like because it doesn't matter it stinks <laughs> like what you think stinks. yeah it's like it's like buying these fancy like buying stuff for people that like to show off for yeah. people who don't even like right. you anyways or who don't even care anyways it's like i don't need you to validate me yeah it's like it's like uh like i have some people uh i know you know i know some people talk shit behind my back i, I hear from other fuck people em. fuck them exactly fuck them but you know i you know i said to the person that was telling me oh you know these people are kind of talking shit about you i'm like look i'm like the difference between me and them is i don't need validation yeah you know like if they want to think that i'm lying about making a certain amount of money that's the, oh well that's that's their thought. Exactly. It's like, I know what I yeah. do, what I make. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, I know what I do. I know what I make. I know what my wife makes. Yeah. I know, you know, I know what my to, life is like. And also the thing is like explaining yourself to people. You don't have to explain yourself no. to people or over explain. Cause if, yeah, if you say no and someone's mad about that, that's their problem. Exactly. Not yours. It's, yeah. It's like you said, no big whoop. Like that was my biggest thing is these past two years in LA, I have over explained myself. Mm -hmm so much i truly think it kind of messed up my career sometimes because it's like a trauma response like exactly you yourself to, you know. exactly and it, it kind of it kind of it can dampen your journey too mm -hmm. it really can like it's you have to be self-aware yes you have to be self-aware yes. in this world in this day and age and if you're not you're going down yeah you're going down because like, is that because you have to know who you are if you don't know who you are how can you expect other people to know who you exactly, are? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's for acting. It's like, yeah. I'm so comfortable with my emotions. I can cry in front of people. You know, there was a time, like, I was just not comfortable, like, mm -hmm. being vulnerable. Exactly. You know, because for so many years of my life, I feel like I had to hide that part of myself, not be vulnerable, not really show emotions mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. And then I learned through, you know, acting, because, like, wow, I'm really scared of being vulnerable but i know that there's power in being vulnerable so i had to get to that place i i agree i i used to be i you know i've always tried to be nice to people um but i have definitely tried to hide my emotions a lot and now i don't like if and you know yeah. it's the most freeing most living thing i've ever done in my life and you know i've called out people these past few months Yes. on their bullshit setting boundaries like, setting boundaries mm -hmm. like i have friends that hit me up when they only need something like um like i have some uh good friends from back home that the only time they hit me up is when they're having relationship problems exactly. like or they only hit me up when 
they're low on money or you know something like that yeah. and like i'll text them through the week and be like hey how you doing or yeah. hey you know like what's up and then i get no response but and then they text me as soon as they need something right you have a right to call people out about that exactly and you have a right to like okay i see that this is happening i'm setting this boundary yeah for me yeah your feelings are completely valid every yeah. feeling anyone ever Everyone. feels is so valid it is because it's the way you actually feel. feel like i that's my when i was growing up dude i constantly was told my feelings were not valid right i had you know um me too dramatic it, or you know exactly like oh you're being you're overreacting or you're over emotional you're too emotional yeah or like even people are like you know like a big thing with relationships people are like you're too clean they're like that's me either you like it or you don't and if you don't like it bye and it's like what is their definition of clingy yeah exactly like you know because everybody has different definitions yeah. of what clingy is and the beautiful thing is like not everybody's gonna like you but someday someone's gonna find you like with my wife dude mm -hmm. she validates every insecurity i've ever had with every Honestly. other woman you know what i mean like i used to be so insecure I'm like i'm never gonna get a beautiful woman because i could only get okay looking women like and you know every woman's beautiful yeah. but you know like i never got the popular girl i never got you know all those things and you didn't feel worthy i didn't feel worthy and you know honestly like those same people would like you know date me for a day and like make it as a joke you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they're not nice you know like and so like i think it's so crazy the amount people put the amount of pressure people put on themselves over other people's insecurities unnecessary pressure unnecessary you're like why am i putting this much pressure on myself like why am i putting this much pressure on myself to have it all together right now yeah you know why yeah it's, why can't i just explore life at my pace you I, know i totally agree and you know like um do you know who gary v is uh, he's like a big motivational speaker yes yeah he's always like um oh, yeah man so you gotta you he's know, fast talking yeah you're the fast talking yeah. dude yeah and so he's always like telling me he's like dude like like not telling me but you know telling instagram that you can't do that to yourself you just can't the only person like we've been saying the only person stopping you is you yeah and if you're gonna sit there for your whole life and worry about what your boss said. It's a choice that you made. Yeah. Worry about what your mom said. Worry about your dad said. When I dude, when I first moved to LA, and I'm sure you probably had the same kind of situation, maybe. And no one my family thought I was fucking crazy, dude. They thought I was crazy because wow. I come from a small town yeah. of nine to five jobs like, and I'm going to a going city. I'm going to a city full of crime and you know, dangerous stuff. I'm using air quotations, guys. Dangerous stuff. And like you get here and you're like chill it, it's chill like and yeah like and creative you hear those stories but then you realize all those stories are from people not minding their own business yeah and also la is a very big city so like the incidents that happens are not it's not as much as people think it is yeah it's a city of four million people yeah and there's like what like a few crimes a day but when you put in the factor of four million people, people and then you realize also the type of people that are making those crimes. When you realize you don't associate with those people and you don't, you're not in that environment, it's never, nothing bad is going to happen as long as you keep your head down. Of course, there's situations that can happen out of the blue. Yeah. But it's not likely. Mm -hmm. It's not likely like people think it is. And so, like, when I first was leaving, everyone, 
thought I was crazy. So with moral stories, it's like not everyone's going to support you either. Even your closest people. Yeah. You know, fortunately enough, my, my mom and my father have always been super supportive along with my grandmother, but other family members, not so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not so much at all. And so, you know, um, and that's nothing wrong. Like I've made peace with that. You know, I've obviously shown them, yeah. you know, that they were full of shit. Yeah. You know, and, and I've like, proven I mean, myself. You're living your life for you. Not exactly. Again. And that was my thing is like, I think when you grow up and I think you relate, when you grow up with a certain amount of trauma, I think you'll stop at nothing to get what you want. You know what I mean? Like to me, like I'm not like I told Sabrina uh, like last week. Um, I'm like, you know, since I quit weed, I was like, I think I'm not going to take a single day off this year. I was like, I think I'm just going to go, 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 go. I'm not going to go on vacation. I'm not going to go to Disneyland. I'm not going to go to Universal. Really? I'm not going to go like go out and do my own thing. Like I'm mm. just going to work, 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 work because I'm so tired of being broke. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm so tired of having to feel like I have to validate myself just to get the approval of others. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm so tired of having to sit there and explain myself. And I'd rather just work at it. And it's like, that's why I don't post things either. It's like, one, I don't need that validation. Yeah. Two, like, I honestly don't get that much film work anymore because one, I'm so far in school now that I need to focus on school. And see, people try to make me feel bad about that. You know what I mean? But it's For like bettering yourself. Like that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I was like, I'm taking the time out of my life. I'm already studying. Exactly. Like I'm want. already studying film. And it, it already takes up so much of my life. I might as well use this time instead of using more of that time to focus on that. Focus on other aspects that are gonna make me well off in life. That's essentialism. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Look, yeah, right there, man. You know, yeah. Focusing on what really mad is focusing on the things that matter and going big on those things i agree you don't have to be doing all these different things you I know agree. it's your choice you don't have to do all that i agree you know i totally agree man uh it's focus on what matters focus on what matters that is exactly the thing the, like i said earlier like probably about 10 minutes ago the greatest thing i did for myself was stop worrying about others' opinions. Like once I started That's realizing that, I felt like a whole world got lifted off my shoulders. And now all I do is I watch videos on NFTs, I watch videos on real estate, I watch videos on how to start a business. I, you know, I'm watching all this stuff. I'm reading all this You're stuff. Filling your mind. Up I'm filling it. my mind because yeah. once I graduate, it's fucking game over. You know what it's I game mean? Game on. It's well, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like it's game over of like learning, and it's game mm. on of hustling. You know, and I think people tend to not take a step back and realize that sometimes that's what they need to do. Reflection. Yeah, that's what they need to do to get further. I got to the point to where I was working as an actor, obviously wasn't getting paid. You know, I was working on film sets, wasn't getting paid whatsoever. And then I have all these buddies, you know, nothing wrong with this. I'm so happy for all my friends. Yeah, Truly so happy for all my friends. But I had all my friends that were making money. And then I, they would invite me to stuff and then they wouldn't pay me. And I'm like, I took a step back. And now those same people are like, Joseph doesn't do anything. Joseph, Joseph's a clown. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
And like they think I don't know this shit, but I'm like, yo, I got I'm I'm a nice dude, which means I make a good impression, which means people respect me, which also means that they're gonna tell mm. me when shit's being talked about. Really, there is their own insecurities about themselves that they're exactly. projecting exactly. onto you. You know, when people say shit like that, whatever. Exactly. You know, that's that's what they think. Exactly. I I think and know something totally different. I I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And you know, I um I'm very thankful that I met my wife too because she keeps me very grounded. She's yeah. helped me realize mm-hmm. that <sighs> worrying about what other people think about you is just the biggest waste of time on the it planet is. Earth. It's, it's the, the biggest waste of time, and you exert so many so much energy. Yeah, thinking about what other people are thinking about you. One hundred percent, and it's something I've learned to understand is if you're chasing something really hard, you're not going to get it because you refuse to take that step back. Mm. You know, and that's where I was getting was I was getting invited to all these jobs and I wasn't getting paid. And I was like, what's the fuck? I'm like, I know my worth. I know I'm good at my job. I know I've done 20 plus productions. I know that these, you know, people should be paying me. And, you know, of course I'm still a student and, you know, I have that stigma of student on me. But like I said, I have buddies that are making stupid money right now off a of film too. And like, they're on the same level as I am in education, but that's when I took a step back and realized that's not my path either. Yeah. My path, yes. my path is to become a millionaire mm-hmm. because I don't ever want my family to ever be, you know, struggling. I don't want my family. If my family needs a house, whatever, I'll buy it, you know, whatever, yeah. have them live in it. That's my main focus rather than I'm still you pursuing film. Mm-hmm. you know but there's nothing i can do anymore because i've done everything i can i'm kind of over trying to gain experience because i already have a lot of experience yeah. of course you can always learn more but i already know i'm good at what i do you know i already i'm already confident enough in my job to know that i'm good at it so might as well take the break finish school out and also educate myself on five to six different things and by the time i'm out right i have so many different outs exactly like you've utilize your time exactly you know and it's okay to take a step back reassess and reflect on some things and become more aware you know of what's going on with you yeah I, what you really want you know that's that's very important i i completely agree it's it's probably honestly one of the most important things you can do for yourself that's what i've been doing too you know yeah yeah i'm glad you know taking a step back from acting is like okay let me explore Mm-hmm. You know, every avenue of my creativity, you know, because it's not time wasted. You know, I'm investing in myself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, exactly. That's Yeah, exactly. That's how I view it, you too. Know, yeah. Like, OK, yeah, I had the screenwriting class, but it's actually made me more aware of my ability to write. Exactly. Yeah. And I literally started writing poetry like two weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I'm sure you actually probably like it. Yeah. It's like making all these discoveries about myself. You know, I'm finally, I've released myself from all that bondage and what didn't matter. Now, seriously, you know, focusing on me and um, really learning everything about myself so I can know myself fully mm-hmm. and live my life more authentically, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, yeah, I'm going to live my life more authentically and in my power. Hey, I just can't stress enough how important it is to just be yourself. Yes. Just be yourself. Like. Not no one is not you every are person. Enough. Exactly. You are enough. Like not everyone is gonna like you. 
that's my biggest thing when I first first two years of living in LA. I want everybody to like me. And it just it's not it's not gonna happen. People are intimidated by me because I they they'll say something mean to me and I just have a smile on my face. I'm like, oh okay, cool, man. Just not moving. Like, love you, dude. Like, oh let's 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 link next week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, What? I just like totally disrespect you. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I'm not gonna let you get to me. I'm not gonna let you get under my skin. Like, why would I? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like I think, I think uh, like we were saying earlier is, um, if you just be yourself, you realize that all what you think are your insecurities are really other people's insecurities. Yeah, people like to project, you know, and also people do need to be checked, you know, from time to time so they know that boundary. That's I I preach that to my you wife know. all the time because she's like Joseph, just don't say anything. I'm mm-hmm. like I'm like look, I was like, sometimes people need to know oh. they're an asshole. Yeah, sometimes like this is not okay. Do not ever do this to me again. Yeah, sometimes people need. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I'm like, and I think you know, with I try to be as nice as possible, but I think it's even more powerful when it comes from a nice person, because then mm-hmm. like, you know, you really fucking, really fucking up. You know what I mean? Because a thing I've noticed about people, especially in the industry, no one has accountability. Mm-hmm. If someone, if something happens on set, dude, I've never been on a set other than myself or maybe like one other person, like something breaks, everyone's just silent. No one owns up to it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever realized that? Mm-mm. Like, like I've been on several sets. Like next time you're on set, pay attention to that. No one takes accountability. Wow. Like in the sense of like, unless, unless they're, uh, I, let me take back, let me backtrack. People that, are there like so like the main people they of course take accountability like the cinematographer the director because they have to that's their job you know what i mean let's say like a uh, i've had like a grip he like broke a light right and i saw him do it mm. right and uh i was the eight, first ad which is the first assistant director of people don't know and it's my job to watch the crew you know uh tell them what to do work around them mm. You know, uh, I'm like the director of the crew and the director is the director of actors. Yeah. So I'm directing the whole crew and I, I pay attention to everything. I see you on your phones. You know what I mean? That's a huge problem too. People are so like, uh, like you know, if you're an actor or like you're like a scripty, which is like person that reads the script, that makes sense that you're on that. But like when you have an important role and I see you on your phone. Yeah. Like that's a big no no, and people refuse to take accountability for that. But uh, going back to the light, um, I saw this guy. He broke the light. I saw it plain and clear. And at the end, uh, at the end of every day, you have what we call a briefing. And you, of course, know this, but some audience members might not. And you kind of talk about the overall day, and you talk about what went on, what you saw, how everyone's performance was, and usually. I would say everyone did a good job, but this just one time I was just like, look guys, I'm like, I saw a lot of mistakes and I saw some lights broken and put back like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen, I saw numerous people on their phones and I reminded them, I'm like, look, I was like, if you guys cannot take accountability for your actions, how do you expect Netflix to hire you? Mm -hmm. How do you expect Hulu to hire you? They're not going to hire with someone that breaks a light and then puts it back. Yeah, unaccountable people. They're going to find out who you are. They will. 
And the minute you're on a phone on a real life, like actual set, you're fired. You know what I mean? So, and I notice when I make these comments during my briefings, people are scuffing and rolling eyes and, I, and I call them out again. I'm like, look, I'm like, guys, you think I'm joking, but I've worked them. Hmm. I've made these mistakes. I've been on a freaking, I think it was like a, a something for like discovery channel or something. And I was on my phone, told me to leave. And I was on my phone for 30 seconds yeah. and I was just checking time. And they're like, yo, go. Cause that's how it is. Yeah. It's like, are you there to work? Or are you there to just fuck around? You know? And so I've noticed that, you know, the more accountability you take, I think the happier you'll be. Once I start taking more accountability in my life, like every time I make a mistake on a film set, I raise my hand instantly. I'm like, yo, I think I just fucked this up. Can you please help me? Yeah. Or if I am on my phone someone calls me out, I apologize profusely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we're all humans. We all make mistakes. Even me, like, even though I have those strict rules, I still make the mistake sometimes of being on my phone. I still make the mistake of dropping something or I scratch something or, um, you know, I say something mean or something. But I take full accountability for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've learned. I've learned at the end of the day versus when I didn't used to take accountability, it would stay with me all day. And if I took accountability, I wouldn't even think twice about it after the day. Mm. And it didn't bug me at all. And I also learned, realized more people started respecting me. And they started calling me back for more work because I was honest. You know what I mean? So being honest with yourself and being honest with others is your, like, I think honestly the fastest way to success. It is being honest and being genuine. Being honest and genuine. Exactly. Being genuine in your atten- intentions. Yeah. You know, you don't have to manipulate people to like you or... Yeah, you don't got to screw people over either. No, especially when you show up as your genuine self and you have genuine intentions. People can feel that. Exactly. I, I totally, I could not agree more. I've, uh, you know, there's been countless times where I had, you know, somewhat good friends and they kind of turned sour here, you know. I'm sure you've had an experience or one or whatever. That's why. Um, of friends? Maybe not like friends, but like, you know, people you work with that you consider like kind of like your work buddies. And then Mm. they kind of just see their whole mood changes towards you. See me. I grew up. I always keep people at arm's distance. So I never, you know, got close enough or let people close enough to me to. See, and that's what that's my that was my biggest issue. I let too many people get close to me, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that was that. But that was that was me. And that was my way of protecting myself and it's, it's smart it's yeah. really smart it's smart until it's not exactly you know, because then i'm keeping everybody at this i'm letting allow no one in you yeah. know and then i just had a fear with you know connection and intimacy so and once i found that i was like okay i can let people in these people are not going to hurt me but using my intuition you know and allowing people right and allowing knowing that i don't everybody does not have to have access to me you know, exactly. and just being mindful about that and being more intentional and knowing that I have a choice of who I want in my life and who, you know, just not vibing with me. And, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I, no, I totally agree. You know? And I think a lot of people mistake a lot, like stuff like that as cockiness, but really it's just confidence. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, I've had a few people tell me, you know, 
keeping that distance, keeping that, you know, um, allowing myself to let certain people in, yeah. but also letting others out, even if, no matter if they're super close to me or not, I have really people that are really close to me that have no idea about my emotional intellect. And I have people that aren't close to me whatsoever that are really close to me mentally. You know what I mean? And it's, you have to learn how to read yeah. to people. And pay attention to what you feel. Exactly. When you are in a room with people, when this person says something to you, how does that make you feel? Exactly. You know? And be, yeah, you know, like, and really trusting your intuition, like really utilizing that. And I know people who are empaths who, you know, they can feel emotions of other people, but, some of them, you know, they're feeling those emotions and taking them on as their own, which is terrible. You know, it's yeah. a lack of boundaries. Exactly. Knowing that, okay, these are other people's emotions that I don't have to take on, you know, because, it, again, it's my choice. And once I realize that I have a choice in everything that goes on in my life, yeah. I, I totally agree. I, uh, I think, I think the more, you know, like we keep saying, the more self-aware we are, mm -hmm. the better, because you, you start to realize your eyes really start to open. Yeah. Once you get clean, you know, I haven't, I haven't drank liquor. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't drank liquor in <laughs> like almost a month or something like, I don't know. I, I can't keep track of the liquor, but like yeah. I, 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 I saw so many weed and it's allowed me to clear my head. I know I'm going to go back to those things eventually mm -hmm. to relax. Yeah. But I know right now is not the time. Yeah. You're seeking clarity and not using those as distractions. You exactly. Know, to keep you from gaining clarity and sitting with yourself. Yeah. You know, like really sitting with yourself and getting to know yourself with a clear mind and not, mm -hmm. you know, under, you know, the influence of something else. Yeah. And it's, don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, of course, weed is kind of a silly addiction. Like, people are going to be like, oh, you're not really an addict, which I don't like, consider my an addict. But everybody's different. Everybody's different. But this experience has taught me and is, has allowed me to give a lot more respect to people that have overcome addiction, mm. who have overcome these things. Because to me, like, I know weed is not technically addictive. To the feeling you get is addictive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people can get addicted to anything. Exactly. Because of their minds. You know, some people have addictive personalities. So they easily can get addicted to anything, whether it be food, anything. 100%. You know, food. Um, what, what's another addiction? Sex. People can get addicted to that. Um, alcohol, of course. Alcohol. Uh, uh, video games. Yeah, video games, the um, books, like you yeah. really can get addicted to anything because yeah, it's a form of escape. They're trying exactly. to escape something. So really, you know, it's about doing the work. 100%. Why am I trying to escape? Yeah. What am I trying to escape and why? Like, really? Mm -hmm. I, totally, I totally agree. What would you say is like, what is kind of your go to escapism? Uh, my go to escapism? Like it could in. How, let's do it this way. What is your go-to non-creative escapism, and what is your go-to creative escapism? Mm, non-creative. So that could be like alcohol. That could be um, video games. That could be running, working out, whatever. And then creative could be like writing and shooting. And 
it was kind of connected. Uh, well, that's that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, connected. Because me, I escape through my imagination. Okay. And um, acting too. That that was well, that's creative. But yeah, like I, I can't. It's not one without the other for me. Like how I escape is creatively. Yeah, with music, listening to music. That's an escape for me. I play music all day. I love music. Music keeps me, you know, sane and just clear in my mind. Yeah. And um, what else? I will put on ankle weights and start dancing. <laughs> like it's some good upbeat music, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes really just sitting there with myself in my imagination, like. I that that's kind of like that's what I like to do is I kind of like to sit there and you know my my escapism used to be marijuana, but you know I'm right now I'm trying to figure out a new escapism, and I think it's learning weirdly enough. I think yeah, it's like finding healthy ways yeah. to escape because it's okay to be uh, unavailable. Yeah, you know it's that's okay. that's really what it is. You know you're not trying to escape something you're just having time to yourself. Yeah, exactly, and that's totally okay, and like. It's crazy that there's actually people in this world that make you feel bad about that too. Yeah, because of their their mindset. Yeah. They think that you have to be busy, 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 busy doing some work and stuff to be successful and mm-hmm. all of that. And really, what is the crime in taking time for yourself? Yeah, 100%. Because if you're too busy to take time for yourself, then you're just unnecessarily busy doing things that don't matter. Exactly. I totally agree, dude. I, I was just thinking about when I was having my air quotations epiphany you know a few weeks back about quitting weed and i was just sitting there and i was like wow like i don't understand you know why i care so much about what other people think like i don't i don't understand and i started thinking about it and it made me realize it's like i think i think society creates that into people they make you and really you're just a considerate person exactly I, I'm just not, I'm not an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of assholes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. I think it's I, just about finding a balance. Exactly. You know? And so I had to take a step back. And I realized that, I, I actually remember what I was going to say now. Uh, I realized that I view this as God mm-hmm. giving me a break right now. He's giving me time to learn, to educate myself. Because as soon as school is over, I'm never, I'm not stopping. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and smoke weed all day. I'm not going to, you know, do all these things. I'm not going to have time to go to movies all the time. I'm not going to have time to go with Sabrina to the lake or the, or the ocean or whatever. Why not? Like, well, it's like, well, I mean, obviously I'll have time, but mm. I'm viewing this as like, this is like my last chance to kind of, I guess, be a kid, if that makes sense. Like, it's like my last chance to have time to myself truly like fully like all to myself mm-hmm. before i have to fully grow up yeah. you know what i mean and of course i pay bills and yeah. you know i do grown up things already mm-hmm. but i'm still in school and that allows me to have a certain amount of free time that i know i'll never get back because once you start working things get more expensive life gets crazier you know you start getting more bills and so you're going to have to constantly work as to where now I don't have to con obviously I'm not going to take a day off, but by that, I mean like it's not actually working. Like 
I'm going to make sure every single day I either work on the podcast, I work on writing, I work, I flip and work on NFTs, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I consider those not days off because I'm still progressing. Mm-hmm. I'm still in allowing myself to progress. So I don't view that as taking a day off. Like, and so like, that's why I meant earlier by like, I'm not going to take a day off this year. Like I'm always going to be do something at least half my day. Or, but it's like, do you have to be doing something constantly? Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I don't think, I think that's what people, like, I think that's what gets to people is I do have friends that, you people know. People do unessential things. And exactly. Yeah. Because they think yeah. they need to be yeah. doing something. Because like you doing, you know, you're doing what you want. You're doing things that are essential. Things that mean something to you. Writing, the NFT. So it's not really work. You're exploring, you're learning. Exactly. And you know yeah and you're doing what is meaningful to you so that's you're living a life more meaningful not a life that is full of unnecessary busyness and unnecessary work because you don't have to live like that we have choices you know you can make the choice like okay on this day i'm unavailable and i'm sitting with myself because i can do that and i'm still gonna you know make money and still gonna do all the things still gonna be there yeah I think that has been my, you know, it's, it's been a big realization this year that you don't have. You can rest. You can rest. Yeah. You can rest as long as you want. It, as long as you are responsible about it. Right. And you're happy with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're happy with laying in bed all day, not like, you know, not depressed, but like if you're happy, just like, oh, I just want to lay in bed all day. But like you're not like sad or anything. Do that. You know what I mean? But, like, if you're sad, maybe get up and if work it be, up. You know, becomes a problem. Yeah, if it becomes a, exactly, a problem. That's a better you know, way to put it. If it becomes a problem. If it's, it's becoming, you know, to the point where you you can't function. Yeah. You know, then, yeah. Reassess. and Like, why am I doing this? Um, do the work that is required. 100%. And, you know, because it's all about self-discovery. Oh, 100%. Discipline is the best thing. Right. What matters to you? What doesn't matter to you? You know, what matters to you? Stick to that. What doesn't matter to you? Throw it away. It's almost like Bruce Lee's philosophy. You know, take what is necessary, you know, for you, what you feel like is meaningful for you and discard the rest because you don't have to hold on to all of that Mm -hmm. because it means nothing to you and everybody's different. That's all about your authenticity. Exactly. And your individuality. So, yeah. I totally, I totally agree, man. Well, dude, this, I honestly, like, I, I, this, this time flew, dude. It really did. Cause it, 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 <laughs> you see, like, I'm sure you can see why, like, I love doing this now. Mm. It's cause it's just like, it's so fun to have conversations with yeah. people and just sit and talk. And you don't even realize how fast time is flown. I think mm. we're like at an hour 15 right now. And it's like, it's like it just flew yeah, it's dude. like what like, can't it's tell like, me it's been 15 minutes right and it's just about having genuine conversations yeah. and like connecting with one another and you know i think i think you brought up a lot of good good points man and points that i honestly have never thought about in my life and you know i learned a lot from you today i learned a lot from you too you know that's what happens when you have genuine conversations exactly uh where you're open and not you know coming with judgment like you're just open and non-judgmental like mm-hmm. this is a safe space say what you need to say you know because none of it's wrong 100 you know yeah so yeah I, I feel that heavy 
Yeah, no, dude, it's um, and you're you're a fantastic dude. Um, I'm very excited. I, I like I said earlier, I, I had no idea you were going to our school, so that like really yeah. excites me. So I get to see you around school now. Yeah. So that's really so. that's really awesome, dude. And you know, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna collaborate so much more in like the next oh, 20, 30 years. For dude. sure. So much. Sure. Dude. I already have like I wasn't even gonna say anything, but like I already have like a little role for you in my thesis and everything, okay. man. So like I'm very excited to see, you know, where not only your career goes, well, no, sorry, not only where my career goes, but your career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch. And we're going to look back on, like, our trips to Texas and, like, our yeah. hell of a day and the money bag. And, and like, laugh. We're gonna, and we're <laughs> going to laugh. And we're going to be like, yo, like, we've come uh, so, far so far from all those days. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm I'm very glad that you took the time today to come out and do this. And, you know, I know... Uh, I know school's busy. I know, uh, you know, uh, life is busy in general and uh, things, you know, I've learned from L.A. Things are very hectic, so it can be hard to make time for, you know, things like this, especially like an hour and a half ish of time, you know. So I really appreciate it, man. Um, Again, everyone, uh, you were listening to Mikkel Watkins. He is a veteran mental health advocate and a really good friend of mine. uh, he will definitely be back. So look out. For I him will. Again. Cause this is fun. And so thank fun. you for thinking of me, you know, to come on to your podcast. Of course, man. 100%. Yeah.